Welcome to Biggest Geekest. We're your hosts. I am Joe. And I'm Randy. This is episode 134 of our show, and the date is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Yeah. Hats off to Larry Elliott. <laughs> Nobody will get that reference. I do not get it. I don't even know what you're talking about, dude. It's an old, 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 old song. Oh. Hey. Ooh. David Look. Will here one uh, finally made it on time. Way to do, Dave. That's how he He's do. He's a busy dude. He's a busy dude. So yep. He's got adventures to write, things to do. Hold on just a second. Games to write, all that good stuff. What are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? You got time for your hold on just a second. Yeah, I have to switch headphones out. You switching. Iron Man's in the house. Who else? Larry Ryan at Aqualift Media is listening from work. Good man. Our man worked in the garden. That was a beautiful day for that in Michigan. Hyperborean Heretic, what is up? Green Apple. Dang, look at this. All right, the Crafting Gamer. Patrick's here. Sweet. Got the sweet crowd today. Nobody's messing around. Patty's at work. As long as you're listening, it's all good. That's very cool. You guys have your priorities straight. Biggest geek is first, work second. Understood. Thank you. Did you? You didn't hurt yourself, so, did you? We're, we can hear you, Joe. You're talking. I don't know if you mean to do that. Mr. Boivin, a beard is gone. Whose beard is gone? This one? I still got a beard. Joe still got a beard. I did get a hair trim, though. The hair is quite a bit shorter now. Heretic says it. Mr. Max Bovan is done working for the day. That's what I'm talking about. Me too. I worked out uh, yesterday, hit the gym, and I started to, I only elliptical for a while, and I went to get on the bike, and I was like, what am I doing? The weather's beautiful. Ran home and hit the bicycle. It was fun. So, Patrick said, a lot of people listening at work. That's good. All right. Clearly their employers know what's important. I have these Bluetooth headsets, uh, Soundcore. Huh, okay. Yep. All right. They're really inexpensive, but really good. Oh, okay. And they're, instead of being white, they're black, which is also good because you don't want white crap hanging out of your ear. No, you're, you're inclusive now. It's better than it's black. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, Mr. Max Boivin, did you get your delivery? You send him something? Oh, it's hush-hush, but I was just curious if he got his delivery. Keep it on the down low. Okay, gotcha. We love secrets. Yes. I'll let you know know when we're done. Martinson says, Joe, that's racist. And he agrees. Yeah, I've got black in my ear. Yeah, you're black. Ah, oh well. We've always got delays should be expected, I guess. Our man said earplugs should be earwax color. I think I agree with Flesh that. Fleshstone would be cool. Would be. You know, they would know nothing. You see nothing. Me. In your pocket. Mm. So I didn't game this week. How about you? Nah. Well, we got hosed. Our Lord happened to rise from the dead this past weekend. Well, not. Not this weekend, but we're celebrating it. So we did. Hey, hope, hope. That's a little blasphemous. 
just a little because I mean I do rise the Lord rising from the dead didn't hose anybody except maybe Satan. Well, yeah, uh, just a celebration of his uh, resurrection has put a damper on our gaming this past weekend. Correct. That's definitely a good thing to damper a gaming, but people don't want to hear about that, which they should. <laughs> we should hear a lot about that. So, but anyway, so um, didn't game. I did exercise like a madman. Me and uh, the boy Greg, Joe was talking to a dog or something. And we're, I am. So, uh, we went to uh, went for a bike ride. We were going to do like 15 miles. It was the first ride of the year. We ended up doing about 30. It was pretty cool. So, we got a little crazy. There he is. Or she is. Oh, that's the new one. Look at her. Mm-hmm. Oh, she likes to She's looking for goodies. There's nothing on there for you to eat. <laughs> Oh, a plot hound. What kind of hound is she? Heard of that? Plot. Plot. P o o t t. Hey, DM Blackwall's in the house. Welcome, sir. Welcome. They were great last week. Got a good time having with him and Nathan. Yes, we did. Oh. It was a good show. So, what was your what was your week like, Joe? Um, I had my first. No, was it? Was that, was that last week? Or is this my first full week? No, last week was my You're first full week. week. So, yeah. Well, um, last week was my first full week not being on the overtime list. So that was good. Very cool. And my today they tried to get me to take some extra mail today because the mail was light. So I could without it being, oh. you know, and I was like, nah, no thanks. And it's <laughs> good. I'm glad I did because. <clears throat> wife was a little under the weather so um uh, i ended up needing to do a few things after work yeah with the nice took, weather the out. dog that you just saw took her yeah. out for uh, a stroll and did a few other things does, does she walk pretty well with on a lead does she do well no uh, gotta, gotta well, we've her. only had her for a little while so yeah. she needs some training yeah um she's a hound so her nose is on hyper alert. Right. Seems like. But she's a really nice dog. Oh, cool. Good deal. Well, we did. Do uh, you want to jump into the first topic or anything else you want to say? I'm going to say, Elizabeth, don't chase your tail in here. <laughs> go somewhere else. Hey, hey. Go get your mama. Go on. Cool. Cool. All right. So Joe is busy. Okay, with she's not dog. listening. <laughs> she's not listening. Yeah. Um, no. There. <laughs> That's my partner. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, no, nah, no gaming this weekend. How about we jump into, well, let's see how many we have here. We got 12 according to the eyeball well, on my screen. I did want to say something about Hyperborea. Um, and I know that Legion of Myth may or may not show up. Um, we're supposed to be running Hyperborea this month. It's not going to happen. Um, the past weekend, we didn't think about Easter and we had planned a big to do and it we're didn't start and cabin cons just around the corner. So Hyperborea is going to wait. So, uh, you're not going to get us to, hear, to get a Hyperborea report anytime soon. Uh, Halcyon H. I haven't recognized that one before. Is that from, uh, is that from DV Army? Maybe? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a DV Army guy. If it is, then yeah. cool. If not, still cool. Yeah, Legion is lurking, which is fine. So, unfortunately, yeah, I we noticed, appreciate the lurkers. 
We uh, I watched a few of the videos over at Legion on uh, or started to watch them. I watched all of them all the way through, but Hyperborea. We're going to try to delay and come back after Cabin Con and really get into Hyperborea. Um, I've been yeah. recruiting some people to play, and I really hope I brought some video equipment. I've got some. I hope to use it and use that to record us playing, and people can go, oh, yeah, watching people play um, D&D is not very cool. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hey, the Dungeon Minister. Welcome, sir. He's in the house. Wrong one. I keep missing it. Um, on the Hello, deck. Mr. Minister. Oh, oh. Al C&H. I know him. That's one of our Capcom yeah. dudes. All right. Hyperborean Heritage. Yes. He's going to pick up our slack. He's going to run Hyperborea Friday night. Good, Good man. deal. Yeah. Yes, Green Apple. We are one away from 400. Hmm. We're giving something away at 400, right? Yes. Oh, well, definitely at five. We, at five. We should have to give about 400. Gonna, I'm going to, okay. So next week I'll mention the 400 giveaway. I'm going to give away something. I got some crap I don't need. Somebody else needs it. So cool. Almost 400 subs. That is awesome. Mr. Bob, um, man, congratulations to him. He broke 300 this week. Yes, he did. Congratulations. Good job. He's on fire. So that is very cool. All right. Yeah, let's let's jump into the first topic. And it was a bit of a I told Joe before he started, it was a bit of a clickbait sort of title. But it is in about, a way. In a way, I but mean, it's, it's 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 a topic that's kind of gone around the it's uh the interwebs here and there yeah. in the hobby. Uh OSR glut, you know, there's a lot of OSR out there. Is it time? Is it time to move on? I think um what did I put in the I put in the uh um notification that i sent out um something equally clickbaity yeah i think you did i don't know let's see let me let me see if i can find it right quick yeah but i was just thinking yeah, the fate the fate of osr yeah and that's what i was thinking and, and uh legion of myth last week on the chill stream mentioned this and i heard max at legion of myth say it too um he's got enough osr games or at least fantasy osr games and um was a legacy game mastering made a few comments in the video last week about that. And I got thinking, um, because part of what I want to do, this is the truth. And I just deep down, I want somebody, I want somebody to dethrone Watsy. No, somebody is going to do that. Why not? No one, somebody is going to do that right now. They have too much. They got too much momentum, even though they've had some bad press, um, you know, early this year, and there's a lot of us that have, they've gone sour. All right, hold on a second. Sure. So you think the idea is they have too much momentum, you can't catch them no matter what you do. Um, well, it's just not. It's the timing. Yeah. See, Iron Man says, not real clickbaity, you have to wait to go before you reach master clickbaiter. And Dungeon and DM James is here. He says he glutted his group on OSR Sunday night for hours. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My thought is, my thought is so you, I, but I don't want to give up. I mean, I don't want to. And by that, I mean, I hope no one just, I don't think they're going to, but I feel like if you're going to uh, beat Watsy, I see David Wills coming in with some reasonable stakes. Who cares if anyone dethrones Watsy? Make the game you want, play the game you want. Yeah, yeah. I get it. But you know what? Yeah, good point. Dan Blackwall says Paizo did a few years. It can be done. Yeah, they, they did for a while. I just would like to see, I, I'll be honest with you, it's just a justice strength. I mean, they've 
they've screwed the D&D game that I love for years. And I'm just, I want to see them, I want to see them fall. I just do. Um, I don't find watch anything about Watsy appealing. Um, and I think whatever, they're, they're just destroying D&D. And that's fine. But I, I would think, is there no way to make a game? Is that what you're saying? There's no way to make a game. I'm not sure if Joe's hearing this. That can, yeah, I can hear. I can hear. Is there no way to make a game that can rival D and D? Is that what you're saying? It's impossible. There are all kinds of games that already rival D and D, depending on what you're talking about. Now, if you're talking about just um, getting market share, it's it's difficult to do that. Yeah. Um, Wizards of the Coast made a mistake a few years back with Fourth Edition, right? But. Up leading up to fourth edition, there was there was a whole other set of things they did wrong too. So it's not just fourth edition, but they're not doing that anymore. They're not doing that same thing. Yeah. Plus, we have the internet more than we did back then. There's a lot more going on right now on the internet. And uh a lot more going on. What does that mean? To distract you from making a game? No, it is um there's more there they have more of an ability to do their marketing campaigns on the internet and there's more people on the internet to attract uh, right it's a different yeah. it's a different market right now it's green a app- different marketing strategies yeah green apple and also house and h uh thinks it's the brand recognition people don't want to learn new systems i can be guilty of that house and h says it's like uh, brand power means a lot when you say role play you coincide d it coincides with dnd majority of people call facial tissues Kleenex. Yeah, Kleenex. Yeah, that's true. And um, fourth edition was not the mass market appeal. Nope. Fifth edition is much more of a mass market appeal. And I think they're as long as they're trying to do mass market appeal, they're going to get a massive or much more massive market than an OSR title that is going to be a niche product forever. Because it's niche, because it's it has an appeal to fewer people. So there, there's no way around that. I think Darth has it. It's like Microsoft um, market share of PC users. Even Apple has not been able to knock them off that peak. I guess so. Um, so the new fifth edition, which comes out in 2024, which is apparently that's what they're calling it, fifth edition revised or fifth edition. They said they're just going to call it fifth edition, which I think is. I think it's hilarious. I knew it wasn't good. I knew that there was a code name that they had. It's I hilarious. thought they were going to go sixth edition, but yeah, <laughs> dungeon minister. What does this mean? I like micro market appeal. Oh, okay, or stale market. Give me that old time religion. Okay, you know, and you know what? You can you can make decent money in a niche market. So yes. uh, there's no real reason for people to not uh, to not um, make a game. See if they can get enough of a following. There's billions of people in the world, so who cares if you get your only you, your um, audience is a thousand or a few hundred or a couple thousand or something like that compared to Hasbro slash what Wizards of the Coast, their million, two million, few million, yeah, who are, who knows what their audience is, right. uh, to, all all together, but um, right. So you just make a good product. And if you make it appealing, you will attract an audience as long as you stick to it, I think. 
Yeah. It's not, it's not a hundred percent. Um, it's not a, a there's no guarantees, um, that you're going to make a living off of or, or make a side hustle off or gain enough attraction with your game offering, whether it's OSR or not. You don't think you could, there's no way to, that's the best you could hope for as a side hustle. You think? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's no guarantee that you're going to get anything. True. So you just make a good game. And if you, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Martin says, wait till Critical Role makes their own game. That may be the best group to knock off Watsy. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to be a victory. I think that's going to be a, a sidestep to the similar kind of woke Yeah, crap. they'll have the similar product. Yeah. It'll appeal to the same crowd. Yeah. Looks like Flady's in the house. Welcome, sir. Hello, uh, Flady. It does have built-in recognition. It has name recognition. That's true. Right. It has name recognition. It has wide audience appeal and that's hard to overcome. So yeah. you have to have a couple of things um, to beat that. And I think one of them is um, you have to, you have to go after the same niche. You have to play in their niche to beat them. Uh, you have to I be see. better at their niche than they are. Because something that we would probably produce would not appeal to, as Ryan David would say, the sparkle trolls. They'd be turned off. Oh, right. Or just, you don't even have, it doesn't have to go through there. It just has to have a wider appeal. And deadly, uh, gritty-ish games don't have as wide an appeal as softer games yeah. in, in, our, in, the, in, the, in, in our in our hobby. Right. I mean, it's obvious. People like D&D, the current version of D&D, which isn't the same as the old school version of D&D. Um, where you, it takes you two minutes to make a character and 30 seconds or one second, one bad roll, and you're dead. Yeah, like Martinson. I mean, well. Dead. OSA, first first encounter, first attack. Yeah, and you just roll up a new character five minutes later or less, you're you're in the game again. So who cares? Yeah. Welcome, Tonka Todd. Glad you made it. And you inflated you won if I didn't mention that. Uh, Pat yes. said something. I'm not sure I know what this is. How about Tales of the Valiant? Oh, is that uh, Cobalt Press's new name for their black flag? Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be doing much. Um, so in the end, um, whether the OSR is saturated or not, I mean, I personally don't care what people make a OSR game or not. I think I'm starting to get full of my OSR games. Um, yep. And uh, David Will, because some people just like the new shiniest, newest, shiniest thing. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Yeah, True. Yeah, and, and I think well, Flady's kind of got it, and so did David Boyle. I said, I'd recommend just focus on making something you like, know is good, and if it's legit, people will catch on. Don't chase the dragon or someday else's dreams or someone else's dreams for success. Yeah. I think yeah, and I'm not looking for the success. I'm just I'm not even looking for me. I would love to see, I just would like to see Watsy get kicked in the nuts really hard. Because they seem to escape the whole OGL debacle, which annoys the crap out of me. Well, I think some of the we ha, we'll have some links in the show notes. We've got some uh, uh, videos and and articles and stuff, and people will say that there is an oversaturation of OSR prod, products, um, and there are a lot of them. But does that mean it's oversaturated? 
Does it mean there are too many? What does that mean that there are too many? Too many for what? I, I would say there's probably a few from and, and true. What does that even mean? Because just for Randy, I'm kind of like Max at Legion. I've got kind of now. I have to admit, I always get drawn when I see a new one. Like I am tempted for eighty eight dollars to kickstart the new Swords and Wizardry complete revised or whatever, which is silly because I've already got that version of the game, you know, and um, I just don't know why I keep getting called to that. Um, right. So David Will brings up this point, pretty much a corollary to what I was saying. I don't care if it's saturated or not, because none of them do what I'd wanted. Right. So yeah. like, uh, uh, I don't know. Did I just say this, um, or was it before? What about board games? Does anybody complain that there are too many board games? Probably somebody does. Right. But as a market, as a board, as a a niche of the game industry, there's so many board games, and there are a lot of board games that all do the same kind of things. So they. That's just kind of how these things work. There's a lot of cars, aren't there? There's a yeah. lot of different car manufacturers, a lot of different kinds of cars, although they are very, very similar. Very, very similar. So with board, you've got a lot of board games, you've got a lot of tabletop games. I don't think too much is too subjective a term. Oversaturated, it kind of is as well. Um, some people complain that the it's... Uh, um, it's not fractured. There's so many um, different games that nobody plays just one game. Yeah. There's not just one game. Well, why should there be? I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any need. There's no need for there to be only one game. We don't need that. Uh, we, just need, we need good games. Who cares think, how many there are? I think Dungeon Minister thinks there might be too many board games, mainly because a lot of board games have one gimmick and no depth. Okay. I'm not a board game guy, so I can't comment on that. Right, right. But that's that's not a function of there being too many. That's yeah. a function of those particular games not being good. Right. So are there too many, or is it this? There are a lot of games that you don't like. Some right. this, These people don't like or those that people don't like. There are probably some out there that you can perhaps objectively say bad. They are bad games. I don't know. Because I, I feel weird. Like I, I looked at Shadow Dark and I thought, oh, that's not too bad. And then when I got the free PDF, I was like, oh, not impressed. This is something I've seen. Granted, you can say it's more of a 5e thing, but it just doesn't look interesting. It doesn't look like inventive at all. However, I did. I did see the Sword and Wizardry thing. And I, was like, I read it and I listened to the spiel. And I'm like, man, I would like to have the book. You know what draws me more now that I'm older is how cool the book looks. I hate to say it, but that's true. That's my guilty. That's a. I'm guilty of that. Like, because I, I, you know, I scream about Kevin Crawford's books because they're so cool looking. But man, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess. I guess in the end, and I was never going to say the OSR. I really was never going to come to the conclusion we need to move on from the OSR. I was really just thinking, maybe it's just an arena of games that need to have it that has its niche and people love it. Um, yeah, Mr. Bob N says it. For all those games you think superfluous, for someone, that's his favorite. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. 
there, there are a lot of people who play a game like, let's say, um, Legend of the Flame Princess. Yeah, Lamentation. Right? Well, Lamentation, not Legend. Lamentation of the Flame Princess. Mm-hmm. I, I looked through it and I said, this isn't for me. And, and, and so you could say it's maybe one too many. But there's a lot of there's a lot of people who like it. Yeah. And then that's fine. Uh eight Mobius eight, welcome. Even some bad games are good, depends on the person. Yeah. Like I love the game. Uh, I think I love what it used to mean to me more than I love the game. Talisman. Joe oh. likes Talisman. Joe likes it. I think it's yeah. a little too it's too unpredictable to the it's just too slow for me. And I think the older I get, slow is just something I don't like. Oh, yeah. Dr. Todd. I wonder how important length of play. Yeah, it does a lot for me for board games. I don't. I'm not into board games. If it, if it takes more than two hours to play a board game, I'm mostly out. Uh, Talisman is one of those. It's okay. So D and D and Talisman can can fill in a similar niche, right? Mm-hmm. With Talisman having less investment long term. Yeah. But for the time you're at the table, mm-hmm. it does similar things like. You're there for multiple hours, hanging out, um, eating food, joking around, doing whatever. I know some people don't like doing the joking around thing when they're playing D and don't. That's weird to me. Anyway, you're you're having a good time over the long haul. Yes. And Talisman is a long haul game. Yeah, for uh... you can't do that game in less than an hour. You can't. And, you, and that game, unless saying... you're real lucky. I think if you don't have people that care about winning, <laughs> what I mean is real board gamers are competitive and board games. I'm really not. I do love uh, on one hand. I love the chaos of talisman, but the length is fine. You're right, Joe, if we're having fun shooting the crap and just, you know, whatever happens happens and been playing for two hours. You're like, where are we? Well, we've been moving. I thought, Randy, I think you have four talismans. Why do I have four talismans? You know, you know, <laughs> it's just, you know what I'm saying? That's part of the fun. Right. Right. Um, right and with role-playing games right they are multi-hour long can be long haul there mm-hmm. there's there's been a push i don't know so much now but maybe last year or the year before heard a lot of people talking about mini sessions you know hey let's get together and we play for a half hour or something <laughs> like that wow and even an hour seems like a mini session why are you pulling your dice out for an hour I don't get it. No. So, hey, long okay. shot. Okay. I'm going to have to backtrack because uh, RPG is dumb ran me through an adventure for about an hour and a half. Um, and it was a, but it was a solo adventure, which I guess that's different. And it was like a one issue miniseries of my superhero riffs guy, Nightlight. And that was really fun, which, by the way, if he's listening, I can't wait till you feel better and I do issue number two. Our men's got the right of it. We've said this. I think finding the right players is more yeah. than finding which rules you're a hundred percent. Yeah. I think we've said things similar to that um, in, or more in a parallel where we say it has, we can have fun in our gaming group uh, because we know each other. And um, with all the, the, the relationships we've developed over the years, we can play anything and still have fun. And that's what Dungeon Minister echoes that. He says a bad game with a great group can be a lot of fun. A great game with a bad group or group you don't fit in, torture. You know, I got a story here. When I was in Gen Con, I had been during the second edition era, 
we played a game where this guy wanted a lunch break. He was we were running in a tournament, an AD and D second edition tournament module, and he had his wife sitting in DM. She didn't know the rules. She had played once in her life, and she's reading from the script. Nice lady. She couldn't. And there's no way for her to be a good DM. There's just no way. She's just reading. But it was a group of random people, and we all just clicked. Right. And we had an amazingly good time. We also had a lot of compassion for her because she's like, what does it mean to make a saving throw? It says that here. And we're like, oh, we should roll against this number poison. If we don't make it, then we could die or whatever. She goes, okay, well, then make one of those. <laughs> she was, But, I mean, she was doing her best reading the script. But the guy just left her to it. So I, I think – I think it was fun. Um, and I think it was the people. Yeah. Yeah. Your opinion. Who decides what a bad game is? What is a bad game? Since right. Yeah. It's, I mean, Dan Blackwall. It's very subjective. Yeah. Dan Blackwall down there says he uh, played some riffs and it was kind of fun, kind of clunky rules, but fun setting and gameplay. Yeah. Right. Well, well, teach their own. Some people think riffs is the greatest rule set in the universe, whatever. Right. Right. And they're fine being wrong, but <laughs> I think it's it's a fine set. Yeah, um, I, so one I, of your questions in here is, do we need another clone like Shadow Dark or Swords right. and Wizardry, et cetera, et cetera? And I don't know. Do, what do you mean by do we need? It's a weird it's a weird question because we don't need any of these games. That's the saturation so, part. That's the saturation well, question. Yeah. That's the sat- so, phrasing of the saturation uh, question. Right. So we have a lot of games. No one needs to make another game. There's plenty of games that the entire world can play the hell out of them and be great. We wouldn't need it there. We wouldn't need a new game made probably ever Yeah. for everybody in the world to be able to play lots of role-playing games because there's, there's hundreds of them at this point, I think, aren't there? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, even that list that you have here, um, a retro role a playing. Retro role playing. It's very short and incomplete, and a lot of uh, dead links. Yeah. But um, if you, if you, just from the couple of years that we've been doing our show, new games and game material that are maybe not all OSR, but there, are, a lot of them are independent games. I mean. Yep. We don't need, quote-unquote, need anymore. Jack, the 71st says the players and the play decide if it's a bad game. Yeah. The players that are playing it at the moment. And what's bad for one group is not bad for the other. So, yeah, I guess so. So it's more of a – it's less a do we need or do we want because our hobby is a want. It's not a need. Right. And so I imagine super OSR fans, which I'm more of a fan of the tone and the feel, and I love to look at them. But when I play them, I'm not always thrilled. Um, I'm excited to play Hyperborea. We'll find out if it scratches all the itches that I want. I'm thinking it won't. We'll have a good time. We'll play it. I'm not sure that's where I'll, I probably won't settle at Hyperborea, but I might. I mean, it's, I loved reading the book. The player's handbook was cool. It sounds great. And I had, yeah. I had a great time with OSC too. So in the end, you know, it may just be, gosh, you know, dang it, Joe, it just may not matter. Meaning, it may not. It may not. For us, it's like, just give me a game. I'll play it. I mean, unless the game just pisses me off, I'll play it. Yes. Right? Let the market be what it is. Let yeah. our niche hobby be what it is. Um, there are so many games. There's a game for everybody. Soon, there will be a game, 
one game for every person on the planet that plays our in our in our hobby. Yeah, I hate to give David Will this, even though he's my best friend now. He goes, Patrick, I keep saying this, make the game you want unless someone happened to make the game you want. Yeah, that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. Um, oh, Halcyon H says, I don't think we're lacking in the number of games, rather the number of DMs. I'm shocked that people are offering. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's that's old news, but I'll be honest with you, Halcyon. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it still shocks me when I think about it. People get paid it's, to DM. It's enter well. Our game is entertainment. True. If it's participatory entertainment. Oh hey, according to the dungeon minister, we just hit four hundred. Thank you, sir. That's cool. I'm glad we did. Oh, I got to give something away then. Oh boy, oh boy. Didn't I, didn't I uh, have a book I was going to give away? Master edition I I of ICRPG. That was it. Yes. 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 Which is a fine, fast play game. All right, the ice. That was it, guys. So next week we'll be figuring out how to how to give it away. We hit four hundred. That's fantastic. So we'll be giving that away. Joe's got two copies, so I'll let Joe give his copy away. That's very cool. And then if we hit five hundred, Randy's giving away. I'll remind you of that sweet paranoia box set. I'm surprised people aren't signing up just for that, dude. That is pretty dang awesome. It is thick and it's full. I got that at a yard sale. It's got everything and then the, oh. <laughs> now there's an idea. Not a good one, but it's an idea. I'll I'll make a I would make a a dummy account and just say, ooh, look at that. New a new subscriber. Our man says give away a thousand dollars. It'll be fun. The Dungeon Minister, he's a little funny. He's got a little chuckly going on. I've been refreshing. I mean, the browser tab. I personally am not all refreshing. <laughs> right on. Sweet. We hit 400. That is so cool. Oh, David Gwill's offering to give away minis. Look at that. Well, after oh, talking- that's another thing. It, it, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. a box set? Yes, it is, and it's thick. All right. I mean, it's got a lot of extra things in there. I'll, I'll show it again when we get closer to 500. I think it'll be a Good popular deal. one. So what to come up with a, a way to do the 500, the 400 giveaway? We always like to do a little question and answer, some kind of poll, random guess. Um, oh, wow. Look at this. Patrick Demo, I just found out from my stepdad that my white book, the white box, he has some of the original white box, I don't know which print, were previously owned by Dave Arneson? Wow. Dude. White. You get that confirmed, you could sell that for a bundle. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, so, go ahead. So, not to beat a dead horse, but the Do We Need Another Clone is similar to the Do We Need Minis, since, he, since um, David brought up minis, do we need terrain and maps and stuff like that and this dude dungeon masterpiece who has fifty-seven thousand stinking subs <laughs> it's something that i think is stupid what did he say um, that minis and terrain and maps limit your imagination they're bad for you to be gaming in he's one of those uh folks i think that that you know we had the whole uh um, toys versus theater of the mind discussion. Yeah. 
But uh, always need more dice. Jack the 71st, always yeah. need more dice. But that's his point, right? Do we need more dice? We want more dice. Um, always. But yeah, um, you don't need that stuff. I hate when people tell other people that you don't need blah, 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 blah. I, I, I get to decide what I need. I think it's more like a want. So um, don't need any of this, but I sure want it. So the Dungeon Masterpiece guy, I wonder from that statement then, could we extrapolate? Don't books and rules take away from your imagination? Yeah, they're, they're a friend. They're, they limit you in scope because they have, they have boundaries. I mean, Legion, Legion why not have, why can't, why can't um, your possible, um, your string of possibilities, instead of being one to 20 when you, when you're trying to hit somebody, be one to 52, mm-hmm. use a deck of cards or make it infinite. I don't know how you would do that, but, um, or some other just rant number 38, you know, use mm-hmm. chits instead of dice. I mean, right. Dude, um, what about um? Well, I guess that's no longer a question. Joe's answered them all. Joe's answered all the questions with one thing. Um, how about from the idea of if we care to the whole parallel economy, competitive economy? Should you think about doing something else, or just do what you're doing and hope it catches on? We already have that in our industry. <clears throat> as far as all this indie game developers. You don't have to buy from people who hate you, which is what we mean by the par- a parallel economy. There are lots of people that you can find out whether or not, or that don't make a big deal about anything. They might <clears throat> not agree with your your um, thoughts and ideas and all of that stuff, but they don't make a big deal out of it. It doesn't come up in their um, making of their games. Um, I just saw... What was it on Twitter? I mean, you you had mentioned this thing about Jonathan Tweet, yeah. Um, and Rob Heinsu for Thirteenth Age, yeah. Um, well, let me so, let me get some background on that. No, well, I'm not going to go there. Oh, okay. But I'm going to say, yeah. what I'm going to say is, some companies wear their um, sensibilities on their sleeve, and they tell you 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 should b- believe what they do. And don't don't play my game if you don't believe what I believe. Oh, you mean somebody like uh, Evil Hat, right? And then other people like um, who is it? They just—I'm uh, trying to remember the name of the company. Castles and Crusades, yeah, is the game. So they said our policy is we just make games, right? And that's so you can go with them. You, you don't know what their game company stands for other than making good games. And that's the way it should be. That's good stuff. Yeah. Ryan David hit it right. You don't have to be hundred percent aligned with everyone at the table and still have fun at the table. Yeah. Right. Not. right. We're not. You never are. You never no. are. No, Even Randy and, and me aren't hundred no. percent aligned. No, Joe's wrong on a few things. So yeah, of course that's what you would think wrong person. <laughs> Hey, um, Hyperborean Heretic gave that idea of not playing with maps, not playing with minis. This might be a thing. The game naked mentality. Is is that what you're talking about, a Hyperborean Heretic? I've never heard of that. No, but it sound, even if it's something he made up, it sounds right. Right? So we don't use minis. We don't use maps. We don't use terrain. Heck, we don't use books or dice. We just role play. <laughs> there are people that are probably like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 a thespian night. 
which yeah. you know whatever do what you do yeah yeah I, I wanted to comment about that i don't think it fits here but if we're kind of i mean i feel like we're kind of done with this topic maybe not but what i was talking about with 13th day just kind of shocked me last week i can't remember if it was on our stream or if it was on max's stream but cat5 gaming oh it was legion of mass friday chill stream commented that she i think it's a she she was in uh a second edition 13th age game they're play testing second edition and i was like wow i would be intrigued if they're cleaning up the book and getting it better organized i might would buy that and then i read this this is one of their and i got the, i've got the link uh rob Heinsu, who I've, I've met the guy he seems nice enough First of all, they're using sensitivity readers. They reference that. Um, they said several people have wondered whether Jonathan Tweet is working on the second edition. Apparently, Jonathan Tweet got in some trouble by saying something. I don't forgot what it was uh, on the second edition core book. The answer is yes. 13th Age core book was a collaborative between John and me teaming up to create the game we wanted to play together. The same core team is creating 13th Age second edition. For the final manuscript, we'll be bringing in game's current line editor, a new sensitivity reader and a new layout artist. Dude, that alone just makes me go, huh? So I, I doubt seriously if I'm going to be supporting 13th Age in the future. I just, I just can't. I just can't. It's so weak. You know, I'll, I've liked 13th Age and they've done well, but they're, they're not a very large company. They're not, a, they don't have a large market share. Um, the expense of having a, having sensitivity readers it's just going to make their products more expensive yeah it's just it's silly they could spend that money on product having more words having more art or whatever or making a less expensive product um or having good editing you know because they don't have good editing they've you know 13th age no. needed editing. It's bad. It's bad. It's not really well, well organized. Well, it's not horrible, but the, trying to read that cleric entry is aggravating if you're a new player. Right, right. Hey, Crafty Matt just showed up. He said, you have me for the next hour. Then he's off to watch a live interview with Alexander Macris. We got to do stuff with him. We need to like, we need to ring him of all the information we can. Yeah, I agree. Right. Me too, dude. I'm a big, I'm running two 13th age games at CabinCon, brother. I love him. He says he's been a big advocate until this week. Yeah. Till I read all that stuff, I'm like, and they talk about kin instead of race. They're getting rid of the word race again. And I'm just like, can you stop? Can you just stop? It's not a thing. Weirdos. Later, Dungeon Ministers. Good to see you, bud. Thanks for stopping by. Come by anytime. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, no. Bargle. Bargle killed Crafty Matt's daughter's character. That SOB. In the BX rules. Did you read about Bargle? Bargle's um, the, the adventure in the basic expert uh, rule book. Um, the basic. It strikes a chord, but I don't remember any details. Yeah, I, I know. No. 13 Ages is a humble. And the first edition of, you know, like I said, uh, 13 Ages on Humble Bundle. Yeah, that's a good way to get it. Um, I like it. It's, it won't be for everybody. If you really need a. No. If you're a big fan of OSR and don't want to get outside of that deadly, it's not deadly. I mean, characters are no, weird. not in the same vein. They are not that you can't be challenged, but, but you have lots of um, safety netting in, built into the game. 
I would argue it's hardly dangerous. I mean, it's it's. I think it's worse than five E, maybe in terms of less danger. Uh, maybe. Well, the the assumption it has an assumption that the PCs are the most important and should win. Mm-hmm. "Quote unquote" win for whatever that means with may, RPGs. I may challenge that assumption this year because I'm starting to finish my seventh level game, and then I'm going to add a new first level kind of cabin con campaign. Um, yeah, Larry, we will. Larry Elliott says uh, we'll still play 13 days. Just use the original edition. Live with bad editing. Yep. Right, and you know, editing is an issue in the in this niche hobby because it, most most of the uh, People making books can't afford editing because it, it's really expensive. Good editing is expensive. The only way to really get around that is to have a publishing house that does the editing for the various titles that come out of it. And uh, yeah, I've actually thought it would be cool for Biggie Comporium to offer that. What's that? If we could, if we could have somebody um, um, do editing as a service from our website oh yeah cool. morning. green apple asks how's my adventure going the adventure is done uh the art is done i need to get that from patrick i haven't requested that i need to pay patrick david gwill i think has done all the reviewing he's able to do and i'm gonna go with it i just need to put it together oh, it's done i need to get it printed i need to have it ready for have it for both gen con and for um Big Geek Con, which is happening. There'll be a report of Big Geek Con at the end of the show. Bruce says, and welcome, Bruce. Um, players always win. Whoever says that needs to be fed to a wood chipper. We can't have those people talking to kids or even taking responsibility for fake plants. <laughs> because <laughs> fake plants don't need anything cared for. <laughs> no. Yes, I agree. Patty's parlor editing is the least enjoyable. It makes. I don't even want to look at it, but I got to figure out to piece it all together when I get the art from Patrick, and then I'm going to send that to Lulu, get some prints, and sell them, or try to sell them. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I sell them all and put it on Big Geek Emporium, of course. You can get it for get it for a song, man. Longshot says he prefers human race or race of man, race of dwarves over species. I, I'm good with that. I think. I think the the overemphasis of whether these words, what these words are for, is is real silly. Um, we had an episode probably a month or two back about that. I mean, ancestry. I, I despise that one. I despise the ancestry one. It's clunky. It's just clunky, and I I can live with race because what's always been there and species is probably more accurate, but. That's fine. I think I think the um, what one way to do it and still sound cool. I think um, mm-hmm. you could open the section that talks about the various uh, playable things, playable people. Mm-hmm. It's just the peoples of. Let's say you're playing on Corinne. The people of Corinne would, if you wanted, didn't want to use the word race, and that still sounds all right. Yeah. And yeah. I know some people don't want to call. Demi humans, people, but mm-hmm. they, they're people. Whether you, you know, yeah. everything people. that human, I mean, they do what people do. They do all the things that people do. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, 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 
I elicited a reaction from Herr Max. Elves be, aren't people. Could they be good folk? But, you know, it, and if uh, if you don't want to use the word race for one reason or the other, I think the people of is good. But I'm fine with race, too. I think it's silly to be focused on that. Yeah. Um, Patty asked a question. I don't know if I heard a little bit about it. He says, no, that's not it. Earlier, where's Patty's question? I thought it was pretty interesting. Did you guys see that Venger is subsidizing chalk zines? One of the reasons was to pay for editors. Yeah. I think real editors would be expensive. It, yeah, it is. All right. You want to tell right, you, so come do the things? Do the, the things. Now I got some, I got some subscribe. I got some advice and we're going to try to follow. I'm going to pass that on to you after we're done here. Okay. Um, but yes, do the things like subscribe, share, uh, follow all those things that you do on the platforms where you view or listen to this show. Right on. Um, do all the things, help us out. Um, even if you're not going to uh, support us monetarily, um, definitely subscribe and definitely share. Share us with your friends. Yes. And your enemies. We like that. And, you know, it won't be just us that appreciate it. Nope. Um, the chat will appreciate it. The folks that come in here and and, um, and joke around and talk about what we're talking about and give us some extra tidbits to talk about, they'll they'll like it too because there will be more people here to talk with. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. And uh, we got a lot of folks on here, like Patty's Parlor and uh, uh, David Gwill and several other folks that make their own stuff. Patrick Demo, they're designers in their own right, and they could have more people through us. That'd be great. Um, the second topic is, comes from partially uh, – yep. Yeah, oh, sorry. Bruce is answering uh, Halcyon H's. Yes, it is called Niambe. I, I think I have it. I had it at one time. That's an African-based D20 game. Yeah. Um, so the second topic was, and I brought this up, I think, in uh, Legion of Myth last week in the chill stream, is watching the D&D movie via streaming, does that support WotC? Of course it does. It does. If you watch it, they, 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 they paid, or people paid them for streaming rights. Or and, people paid... Do they pay Watsy or do they pay? No, what I'm saying is the streaming streaming companies, the companies yeah. who stream the movies, yeah. pay um, the folks who make the movies yeah. to have the right to stream. Now, there's also um, royalties. I don't, I don't know how it specifically works out, but I know yeah. that they have to pay for that right. So at the very least... Um, the more interest that we that is shown to Hasbro and Watsi properties, the more they'll be able to sell those rights to different companies to be able to stream or to play in theaters. Yeah, um, I, I do agree with Bruce. Watching it on the what's the high seas? Don't pay to see the movie. That's the part I agree with. I don't know what the high seas. R matey. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah. um, I won't. I probably won't do that um i'm probably not going to watch it there's a part of me that would like to because you know i'm just a i'm a dnd nutbag and i want to see what they did but i've heard so much about it that i'm probably not going to do it and um 
I had linked to Joe a couple of people and people have seen Shadowversity's given a review. The Critical Drinker has given a review and they both gave it a thumbs up. Not like it was fabulous, but that it was good. Um, Greg Gillespie, the author of The Barrel Maze, gave a great review against it. And the Dungeon Craft, uh, Professor Diem also did. Um, I don't think I'm, yeah, so Darth is kind of trying to clarify what you said. It depends. Is, is the streaming site have a right to stream it? I know a couple of sites that I can watch movies and TV shows right after the release without issue. Um, there are, Professor Dungeon Master said that Paramount paid Watsy for the right to make the movie. So I'm one, but I'm sure Watsy gets some kind of cut. Hasbro gets some kind of cut of the streaming money. Yeah, and he probably they do get a cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I'm pushing. Yeah, this is interesting. So Crafty Match says it's not D and D. It's Guardians of the Dungeon. I've already seen this movie. I've watched Marvel make it for the last ten years. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, that's what I've heard too. But I like Guardians of the Galaxy. I won't watch the third one. I have no interest in yet another movie pushing the message, even wearing a hollowed out D and D skin suit. That's fair, David Guile. Um, and I'm done with Watsy too. I mean, I, I think with Halsey and H, he says, I'm done with Watsy unless they change policies. Product quality is a hard no. Um, Patrick was taken to see it this weekend. Uh, he think it was good. But then again, it's Watsy. It's a hollow victory. I had heard a lot of people um, on, on the bad side. Gillespie's got quite a list. I don't fully agree with everything Gillespie said, even though he's, he's seen the movie, I assume, but I haven't. Um, but I do think he makes some good points. Um, I'm sure, Joe, you have no desire to see it whatsoever. No. and But I'm also going to say that I won't cajole anybody about it. No. I'm just, no. it's my, it's, um, I'm not going to spend my entertainment dollars on Wizards of the Coast properties. True. So, Everybody I don't really want to spend it on Hollywood in general. It's a cesspool. Yeah, that's true. Everybody watching the show, I don't care if you watch it or not, you can like it. There's a guy on Facebook. Um, I think David Gwill was responded to it too. I can't think of his name, but he posted he finally watched it and that he doesn't want to hear anybody dis, you know, dissing it, any kind of negative comments about it. It was great and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know, as soon as you say that, he did it on conservative RPG. I said, as soon as you say that, someone's going to respond. And everybody has their right. You can, you have the right to despise it, even without seeing it. I got into a bit of a back and forth, not a big one. Someone said, oh, but if you've not seen it, you can't speak intelligently about it. Intelligently about it. I said, okay, but I can use this. I can use logic and say, here's what's been made all these years. Here's what's what he's doing. They've been following down this path. This path and even their directors and, and people said, yeah, this is what it's going to be about. Even if they don't, quote unquote, emasculate men, that's what they said they did. So why should I want to go see it? Right. And it could be good. It could be decent movie. I'm not watch, I'm not going to fail to watch because of, of its, uh, whether it's good or not. I'm just not giving money to Wizards of the Coast. That's pretty much it. That's where I'm falling. Um, I may watch it one day if a certain friend of mine gets the DVD, gets the electronic version and puts it on his Movies Anywhere app. Uh, if he buys it, I might watch it then because then I know I'm not giving him any money. Um, but I I don't think I can watch it any other place because I just can't spend Watsy. But it would have to be absolutely free. No money toward Watsy whatsoever. But even then, I'm not excited because what I've heard from Gillespie is 
it sounds like it's just not very great. And even the critical drinker and Shadowverse, you can't even see them as they were. If you watch their reviews, they were thinking hard about how to say how what was good about it. Yeah, and there's there's yeah, I can see that. Oh wow, that's interesting. Iron Man says 125 million worldwide. All they got to do is make 175 million more, and they and they'll break even. Estimated. Yeah, well, usually, well, what I've heard, I know nothing about the movies. That right. those big budget films, whatever it costs them to make it, you need to double that with what they probably have spent in advertisement. Right, and that's the that's a kind of a a rough general rule, mm-hmm. but it's still it's it's estimated. But um, what could happen is, um, and some movies do this. It makes it may they may not break even on um on theater tickets, but over time from streaming they might make up for it. And um yeah, here's the other thing. Good point. I wouldn't watch for free because like everyone else here, this is uh David Will uh here I'm guessing I have plenty of other things I could be doing. Stuff to write, movies to watch, games to play, books to read. There's other stuff to do rather than give your time to Wizards of the Coast. And Crafty Matt makes a good point. For him, it's not even about watching. It's about being the same formula of hero movies that I've been watching for so long. Yeah, it's that hero fatigue. I just have no interest. I want to see new formulas, new story beats. I want to see a new take on something or at least a twist on an old story. It's mass market. They made something for mass market appeal. Yeah. And a friend of mine watched it the other night, and he told me that apparently Elminster is in it, and he's a either a dark-skinned Middle Eastern guy or a black guy. I mean, it's not shocking they would do that. I mean, they no, that's what they do. Yeah, the same same kind of yeah, whatever. Every every um, artistic representation of Elminster I've ever seen, he's a white dude, an old white guy. Old white guy. Yep. So, you know, who, who cares? Yeah. No, and and uh, the fellow who wrote it, um, can't remember his name now, again. Uh, Ed Greenwood. Yeah, Ed Greenwood probably said, yeah, that's fine. Well, and you know, Paramount, the people that made the movie, they said they weren't, they didn't go into it making a D&D movie. They just made a cool action movie and threw in D&D-isms into it. Right. And I'm like, okay, whatever. They bought a skin. Yes, when they bought the rights, um, which I I don't really care for because you know they they buy they buy the customer base and then don't make the thing that is related to um, they don't what they make isn't really related to the thing that the, it's on the uh, superficial. It's called D and D, but it's not D and D. Right. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, you found it, Joe. So someone, uh, Mac, Mr. Max is asking, didn't Greenwood base Elminster on himself? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Elminster was pretty fly for a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. So, yeah, he's always been depicted as an old white guy with a flowing white beard since forever. But and they even use we live in name. the times. Huh? His last name. I, I don't know if you know Elminster has a last name. It's Omar. A-U-M-A-R. Almer or Omar. That's always been Elminster's last name, apparently. But I guess they went with Omar. That sounds kind of Middle Eastern. <laughs> Elminster Omar. <laughs> he's in, in, in Middle Eastern from a, fam, a fantasy world. Correct. No, I'm just saying it sounds sort of Omar sounds like a Middle Eastern. Oh, sure. 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 It is. I don't know, but it's still funny. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think all, all four of those, the Shadowversity, Critical Drinker, Greg Gillespie, Dungeon Craft's really good to look at. Now, Dungeon Craft had three things. The big problems he thought with the movie were this. Um, same, they do the same, they do the movies the same way. They start, they make their own world with their own care. Well, they make their own characters that nobody cares about instead of going after Drent's Dragonlance characters. I mean, actual real characters that people might know. Um, he thought that was a big flaw in the movie, and it's always been the case. Who did? Uh, Dungeon, Professor Dungeon Master, thing. he thought that's that's a big flaw, right? I, I'm gonna have to disagree somewhat. Yeah, the new crowd, the mm -hmm. new DD crowd, yeah. they don't know who these people are. Really? They, they don't know. Well, I guess not. Watsy doesn't care. I mean, not it. not to a large degree. It would Those guys would have more um, cachet with folks in our age category. True. Which might be why he said that, because he's in our age category. Right. Yeah. He also mentioned that the marketing was bad. He thought it was bad. He said he thought they shouldn't have gone to Comic-Con. It's not even a comic convention. It's really more about the next big Marvel movie. And they never, they should have went to Gen Con. That's where they should have premiered it. But that's because they don't care about the base, really. That's that, no, that they don't. Time. Yeah, the, whoever made the movie, if they just was wearing D&D &D as a skin suit, then they don't really care about the base. And he was a little upset that the OGL scandal seems to have not affected it. He thinks that has affected it a little, but not that much. They've managed – I think they've dodged a bullet on all that. When that horse crap they tried to pull, people are already just forgiving them. Right. So the folks that are in our camp – Yeah. Some, some on our side of the fence – Lots of them are still going to go see the D&D movie because some of them are going to hate watch it. Um, but our um, niche of a niche of a niche where we don't want to give Watsy any money is a very tiny portion Yes. overall and still not that big of a portion of the OSR crowd. I guarantee you 75% um, of the OSR crowd or more, maybe nine, up to 90%, will go see the D&D movie. Yes. And I think only um, half of them will be glad that they did. Because most of them are going to say something along the lines of, I'm just going to go watch the movie for what it is. Right. Which, it's a movie. It's going to be fun. I'm, uh, it says D&D, &D, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to care about the, uh, the, uh, the other stuff. Except when they do care about it later on for something else. Because they do. Those same people will. Right. But, you know. <laughs> But I don't want to pick on them because the truth is they can do what they want. Now, this thing, our buddy Patrick had commented to me about this. And Professor Dungeon Master stated this as a drawback. And Greg Gillespie thought it was fine. And I think I'm with Gillespie. At the end, it says Hasbro's, based on Hasbro's Dungeons and Dragons. And I think that's fine. Some people are mad that they didn't include Professor DM and Patrick, if I don't want to speak for him. We're mad they didn't include Gygax and Arneson. But I'm actually glad they didn't. Because it's not something they would have produced. Yeah, yeah, I get that. 
Yeah. Be, they yeah they probably there was pro- there might have even been some legal reason why they couldn't put or or they couldn't put uh, Gygax or Arneson on there. Probably because if they did, they have to pay them. <laughs> That's, That's probably right. what it is. Sure, we have to pay them. But I think it's appropriate that it says based on Hasbro's D and D because it is. It's Watsy's D and D. Yeah, it's not the original D and D, and they right. do own D and D, and so it is their current name, and so it is the current game. It's not what it was with TSR. Heck, I don't think it's even what it was in third edition. Third edition was at mm-hmm. least closer to being something halfway, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like the original. Much closer to the source. Max would dis- Legion would disagree. Uh, Patrick, you're welcome to your opinion. I think you could you can make a comment. Uh, he says if you look at it that way, I suppose he can agree. You don't have to agree with me because I'm just saying it doesn't bother me because I think it's really exactly what they are. Uh, I don't know, Arn Man. Did they put Thaco the clown in there? I don't know. Um, they probably should. I wouldn't be surprised. Be they nice emasculated the male characters in there, so on purpose because the the directors love emasculating male characters for some stupid reason. You should watch Greg Gillespie's review. I would encourage everybody to watch it. He's got a pretty thorough one. I don't agree with every statement, but he does point out how at the beginning there's some they're getting uh, Chris Pine and Rodriguez's character out of jail, and he's sitting down knitting in the prison floor. There you go. And apparently, Chris Pine is all all great with uh, emasculating his yeah, character. Yeah, that's what I said. But I mean, he didn't say it was all over the place. Um, and of course, they have you know, if, if there's no halfling people, they had a halfling dude, and they had a tiefling who I believe is a half human, half demon. So I thought that was racist. That's what he said. He's got a good point. In, in that, in one of the articles that you have in the outline. Yeah. mentions the emasculation, but I think they're confusing it with heroism. So um, they say they want their heroes to be challenged um, and maybe become heroic or whatever, yeah. not just be heroes from the start. And I think that they might be conflating terminology, perhaps. Of course, I haven't seen any of it, so I don't know. And he thought, and uh, I don't know what he, he went on about cultural appropriation, which I guess because since they seem to hate the white, he pointed out how every guy getting their butt kicked or who was the bad guy or who was a complete worthless in a fight was a white dude, which is probably a thing. Um, what? There's only one white guy in the whole movie, isn't there? From what uh, I could Pine, tell. No, Chris Pine. Um, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And Gillespie even said that. Uh, Patrick said the the biggest BA of the movie was a male paladin. True. I, I get it. But apparently the. Was apparently, he, though? He seemed kind of effeminate to me. I thought he looked that way. That's what I mean. Yeah. In, in, the, in the preview. But he does do a cool move in the preview and kill some dude with a fiery sword. And Hugh Grant was in the movie, too. Um. Yeah, but he talked about that, and I I think there's some there's some parts of Gillespie's review I didn't quite get. He might be he's a he's a PhD, so he might be above my pay grade. Yeah, yeah. Hugh Grant, um, another not very masculine um, male. They say he did a good he never, job. Yeah, he never plays anybody very masculine. Most mm-hmm. of the people he plays are fairly uh, light. Not I'm not saying in a bad way necessarily, but he never plays anybody that masculine. Patrick disagrees and he saw it. He said, nope, Paladin's a stereotype. He is not, he is not effeminate. So no, he certainly looks like it. It could just be the way it's well, that was something I think that was something he talked about. Gillespie talked about he wanted to see a, and this is his opinion, a used universe. Things looking rough, 
looking, you know, worn. Uh, and he thought everybody's hair was quaffed. And he compared it to Aragorn in Lord of the Rings, whose hair is always a mess. And his clothes, all the clothes looked, you know, looked beat up. And so did the orc stuff. And he said, in this movie, yeah, it wasn't so great. Um, Can't they find anybody with a square jaw? I mean, someone yeah. who, who looks manly, tough. Nobody looks tough. They are just, you know, they look like underwear models. I mean, not very masculine underwear models. Um, yeah, their clothes look really nice and stuff when they're walking around. But I mean, I don't know. So and apparently the little wizard boy, uh, I heard uh, from my friend that he outduels a, a lich. He's a little wizard boy who's like the nephew or grandson of Elminster or something. So I'm, I'm giving spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> because I heard about it. That's what I heard. Patrick can, can confirm or deny or not say anything. Better yet, Patrick, don't say anything. Maybe Randy's wrong. So that's what I heard from my friend. I, when I, whenever we've played D&D and I've been a wizard, I never wanted to face down a lich. Ever. Because <laughs> Joe knew I, knew I would cheat. I know, because I would, I would be fine showing up after the lich was dead because there's <laughs> got to be a spell book around. Even because, even I couldn't, even I couldn't keep that from you. Correct, <laughs> because you cannot hurt liches with magic, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. I think they're susceptible. But back in the day, they were highly magic resistant. You one eight two eight players, or it's been but, so but long. Yeah, and they're they have all the undead things. They're all they're undead. So most a lot of your spells, a lot of magic doesn't work simply because they're not living creatures. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, but this is a lot of nitpicking, you know, it's all a lot of what I think is, um, um, good for me, what I want in my entertainment. So that's not going to be for everybody. Right. I think here, I, 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 there's a, there is a definite lack of manly heroes yep. in Hollywood. I wish I'd put this link in there. Uh, call me Ch Chato has a, his most latest video talks about that. He talks about comparing the old people that, uh, you know, even Clint Eastwood, that era, those guys. And later, uh, there's a lot of guys, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's not guy Chuck Norris. He's a good, bad, or ugly movies, neither here nor there. You know, Sly Stallone. They were manly dudes. Right. You, you know? don't have folks like that nowadays. Not really. The, the, there's a, there are exceptions, like um, Reacher. Yep. Not, Jack, not the Jack Reacher um, Cruise movies, because he's not. I mean, he's he has to take a lot of steroids to look masculine. If he doesn't, he looks like a small boy. But um, they have to really play it up for him to look like. I mean, he's only what five foot two. Yeah. And Jack Reacher is six foot six or eight in the uh, in the in the in the books. The guy that they have him, they have him, uh, they play have play him in and on the Amazon prime show is only six one or six two but he looks gigantic compared to everybody yeah so he he's got a square jaw he looks all manly he's tough mm -hmm. and he plays a tough guy and today they don't want tough guys they want sensitive uh, guys with you know underwear models <laughs> true oh well so the conclusion is um Yeah, that's true. We are. Bruce says, uh, at Biggest Geek us showing off his Michigan six foot tall breeding. That's right, dude. We're both over six foot. How we yeah, do. but it's more Indiana. 
Yeah, Indiana. Where Northern that's, Indiana. That's where the truth is from, baby. Michigan's cool. Corn baby. fed. Yeah, corn fed. That's right, baby. That's how we do it. I'm a small. Stat. I mean, I can't. I can't be. I I can't look at small men and and you know think they're manly. Right. I've seen plenty of small dudes. I thought were looked really awesome. Bruce Lee was small. He looked pretty manly. Dude, come on now. You know what he can do. He was smooth. He was smooth. Mm-hmm. He'd, he be was a lot to handle. He'd be a lot to handle. You can do that. Put this on his head. <laughs> okay. Okay. Negate. Negate. Yeah. Negate your negate kung fu. Until he grabs your hand and breaks bo- every bone in your hand until that happens. And you're like, oh man, you're tougher than I thought. That would never happen. No. We can whoop. I know I can whoop Bruce Lee today. They pull him out of the ground. Yeah. Smack him all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I will not say this, but I will post it. Joe Pesci, he would something us up. Probably. No, he wouldn't. He would Joe. He'd whoop Joe Sider. No, he wouldn't. Joe would have no chance. He's Joe's tiny. <laughs> he, he plays a good tough guy because yeah. they because you know the camera mean? angles and they, they make him look I'm like he can. Huh? <laughs> Am I funny to you? Do I make I you mean, laugh? He's that, he's that tall. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Um <laughs> Patrick's right. I got to get Bruce. Bruce is loving Profion. Uh, Profion's acting was so hammy. A Jew, a Jew couldn't watch the movie without becoming ceremonially un- unclean. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I don't get it, but okay. Oh, you don't? Because because hammy is pork. Oh, hammy, hammy. Jews can't. <laughs> Pig. Okay, that's a dad joke. That's that's a dad (laughs) joke. Good joke. Excellent, Patrick. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, bro. I was focused on the Jew part, not on the ham. Religious humor. Ain't hurting nobody. Defending nobody. No, no. You're a Jew and get offended by that. That's on you. You're a weirdo. So right in casino. Um, Yeah. Alcyon says casino. As far as Joe Pesci, they made in casino. They made him look super tough. Yeah. Until they sent actual normal sized guys standing next to him, yeah. you're like, Oh, he's not very tall. <laughs> no, dude, Patrick may have won the comment of the day, though. That's hilarious. Okay, <laughs> Bruce says, I spit out my supper. Props to pa- Patrick Demo. I have to eat some bacon now. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> oh, well, so I guess that means Joe and I are going to go see the movie this weekend. Except no. Okay, except no, yeah. I don't think so. But uh, if I somehow get it free, I, I will probably watch it, and that'll have to be it. So, I mean, I, I would be. not be fun. I would not be fun to go watch this movie. No, you would be. And, I, and I, I had to apologize to my wife when we went to see the star, more recent Star Wars movies. Yeah. Because I had a kind of a chip on my shoulder already. Right. And I was, as soon as, you know, Everything they did wrong, I was like, no, that's stupid. That's stupid. You know, that loud in the movie theater. So nobody in the theater was having a good time. So, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you mean you're not pumped about the next big trilogy with bringing back Ray as a Jedi master? That's what they're doing. <laughs> so yeah, we'll I saw some mumblings about that. We'll see if that happens. Oh, uh, You know, I don't care now. No, I agree. Oh, Star Wars is dead. Speaking... Speaking, yeah. If you can 
either do the audio book or paper book, mm -hmm. um, Galaxy's Edge. Okay. It is kind of a love letter to Star Wars. Oh, okay. Um, I think you'd enjoy it. Okay. They have um, they. The only thing I would say that they do a little too much of is injecting current, um, injecting kind of um, Middle Eastern. Um, What's that high pitched noise? Is that, coming, is that coming that's from the, you? That's that's the dog. That's Shoot, Elizabeth. Uh, She's whining because nobody's paying attention to her. <laughs> That's a high pitched whine, dude. But no, uh, um, so they they um, inject some kind, you know, dislike of Middle Eastern culture, or at least of the uh, the um, um, Islam um, militant Islam. Mm -hmm. It's it's um, prominent in the bad guys. Uh -huh. Because it's, it involves it involves um, humanity. That's mm -hmm. uh, they call it the, the diaspora, kind of like the Jewish diaspora gotcha. you know, from Earth. Earth is you know ancient, but uh, humanity comes from Earth. So, uh, well, no, because these guys aren't human. That so, yeah, you have to listen to it. Ah, uh, Tonka Todd. But says, yeah, oh, go ahead. He said, yeah. So, Galaxy's Edge. Got it. Galaxy's Edge, and you said it's audio book only. No, no, you can get it in paperback too. Okay. Tonga said he would watch me and you play pretend with minis before he would watch the Watsy show. Good man. And Bruce Thank you. says, Bruce says he'd be happy to ship them painted figurines from my shelves to see that. Watching Joe and Randy RP on a map table with scenery. Well, you guys are probably going to see that. It's probably going to happen. You're sweetening um, the deal. Yeah. And see, you want to send us stuff, Bruce. We're, we got plans. Hyperborea is going to be displayed on the YouTubes forever. You're going to get to see me DM Bruce threw the gauntlet down last week. Said, Randy, put your money where your mouth is. Show me some of your DMing skills. Well, I'm going to. So it's going to happen. So it'll be fun. Yes. We'll probably, we'll probably what's, we want us to play Rises. I know that game. I don't know anything about it, though. That's a little independent game, right? Rises? Rises? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Call it Playtime with Randy and Joe. <laughs> Something makes me think that that's probably not the best title. We can make it a working title. Yes. Hyperborean Masters at Play. <laughs> that would be false advertising, but we can, that would we can, be. We can go with that. Hyperborean Rookies at Play. Yeah, sweet. All right, dude. I think everybody should uh, pound the like button. And, yes, uh, have a jihad. Jihad on that thing. Subscribe to us. Let's move into the last segment tonight here. Uh, well, not the last segment, but the last topical segment. Oh, you're going to tell them to subscribe. Do that first. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Subscribe. Do all the things. Do Wait. the things. Do the things. Yes, sir. So, Cabin Con is upon us a few weeks away. Um, going to have a few new faces. I got to thinking, I uh, talked to Tim Scott's not here tonight, but I uh, talked to him last Thursday. Um he was getting a little bit overwrought about how many games he was going to run all these games. He got to prep all these games. I said, Tim, if you, if you prep two games, you're good to go run it multiple times. Now I said that from a guy I'm prepping three, <laughs> but I was thinking two should be enough. Well, I'm not totally sure that would be the case. 
for the four days, if we do three slots every day. I got to take the dog out. I got to take the dog out. Oh, okay. Did you just hear the bark? I did. Yeah, she's right in my face barking. So I'll be right back. I will try to carry the load. Entertain the folks. I will try. So in Cabin Con, I don't know if that's entertaining or not. Um, right. Patrick says prepping two games with 10 DMs should be enough. Here's here's my now we all know, all us cabin conners know. We've got about 20 guys going. We have three slots a day. We have enough to have four games going every slot. We probably never will have four games because people just a lot of people just take their time off. They don't get into uh, oh House CNH. He has prepped three. That's good. Yeah. Um. He has made me big. I am now big. Oh gosh, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good, Bruce. I can't believe I read that. You turd. That was cruel. You made me read that. I know what that means now. That's that's not a very nice statement. But <laughs> anyway, so here's my idea. So three slots every day. If we have four games. Every slot, that's 12 games every day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's 36 games. On Sunday, if we manage to run one extra slot, which every once in a while happens, then that would be four extra games we would need. That would be assuming everybody plays every slot, which they do not. And so we would need 40 possible unique games, unique in the sense that you know, it could be the same adventure. Let's say you ran Keep on the Borderlands, but you would have a unique set of players each time that you ran it. So I'm calling that a unique game. Um, yes, correct, Patrick. Every slut, I mean slot, must have five guys. They do not have to. I'm saying in order we could run it most, unless you had a game that ran, I guess, three people, but now we're getting off variance. The most likely scenario is, one DM, four players for a total of five. So 40 slot, 40 games, right? If we had that, um, then I think we're set. Uh, if we have five DMs that run two games each, <laughs> I agree, Patrick. Slots, he means slots. Um Five DMs who both prepared to run two games and prepared to run them twice. So each DM could run four different games. So four different slots. That's only 20 games. But um, it always seems like we have more games than takers. That is, I hear people saying, I'm willing to run, and then their game doesn't run. Um Oh, Cabin Con, Tunka Todd. This is a small little thing. This is our 17th year coming up in Michigan where just our friends get together. It's not really a convention. Um, it's a, uh, it is a convention, but it's more like just friends getting together for a weekend and playing games. So it's not an official con. I will be talking about Big Geek Con, which is going to be an official con, and it's happening. So uh, at least I believe it's going to be happening. I'm getting the place. I'm hoping people will buy tickets. So yeah, when Cabin Con's uh, the first weekend in May, so fourth through the seventh. Anyway, I put a little let's call it a survey on Facebook to my Cabin Con friends, and a few replied. And it seemed, like I said, the most common was that most DMs prep one or two adventures. 
Some will do three, some will do four. Um, and then most of them like to run their games max one or two times um, over the four-day weekend. So probably two slots at most, because it would probably get boring. If you're running Keep on the Borderlands, you might get bored if you ran it four times or six times over the over the adventure over the over the weekend, which would be hard to do because you would need different players. Um, most people seems to they like to play out of the three slots that are going on each day. Most folks like to play two. We had a handful that said they wanted to play all of them. Long shot. Good night. I'm sorry if I'm boring you guys. Um, and then over the four day period, most people would like to squeeze in six or seven. But in the four day period, the most you could play is nine. Um, well, no, not a slot. You could run uh, 10 would be the most you could run. Um, I also proposed the idea, would anybody stay later on Sunday to have a second slot? Because I'm planning on running a rather long game on Sunday and might need people to stay till 4 or 6 p.m. But long story short, this is just me and the players. I didn't get a lot of data, not a lot of takers. It was only a few days. I think I put it up on Monday. Um Oh, Halcyon says two of his games have a part A and B. So that's technically four games. That would that would count as four different games of which you could run those twice. And that would be eight slots that you would cover. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's okay, long shot. Have a good night, buddy. I was just uh, saying if you were bored, I wasn't offended. Got to get up early too. So not sure how long we'll be on time. This might be a short night. But anyway, that's kind of where we're at. I don't know... Uh, how interesting this is to other people, but our cabin con is more of a friendly thing. So um, I think I'm going to slide into the next. Um... <laughs> what is that? Bruce says, that's like the second best thing to tell a man. I hope you have a great preparation of endeavoring and making money tomorrow. The only better blessing is make more kids of that wife. Yes. Kids are arrows in your quiver. That's correct. That's what the good book says. More kids, bigger quiver. You are blessed. Make them babies. Um, anyway, since Joe is gone and I have no idea when he's coming back, I'm going to move into the last segment. I want to talk about Big Geek Con. So I have contacted the person who is in charge at the Sheraton. We are going to meet this week. Um, on Wednesday, I'm going to put a down payment down. I'm going to see if I can't get enough rooms to possibly allow 80 people to attend, but I got to see where the numbers are. Um, and we will put the tickets on Big Geek Emporium, I hope, this week, if not next week. Some also say sometime next week. And if we get enough takers, then the con will happen. Um, there is, um, Hapborn Heretic says, is there a landing page for Big Geek Con? No, not yet. But thank you for the idea. We are kind of small time. I will talk to Joe. I imagine it's going to be a word of mouth thing for us. If you guys tell people, we will advertise on Facebook. But honestly, um, I am shooting the price for admission. I want it to be $30 or less. Um, that's kind of the target number I'm shooting for. I just, I wouldn't feel right charging much more than that, but I got to cover my costs. So 
I'm going to go in with the idea of $30 ahead. And I'm thinking right now I would need at least 40 attendees to make that happen. Um, and if it gets much higher than that, I could propose that price. But if we have a two-day or maybe a three-day con, right now I'm planning two, but I would love to push it to three. Um, that would be September 22nd, 23rd. There'll be more posting. Um, I would love to make this a three-day con. I would love to just charge $30. That would be one fee. You show up, you play games all weekend for 30 bucks. Uh, that's what I would want. Meaning, nope, there would not be a price per game. There would not be any, it's not a per day price. You pay once and you're in. Um, no, not a dumb question at all. The town is Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, we will be posting. Um, there will be flyers and such. Um, I want to I want to see how many of our um uh, people that watch Biggest Geekus and my friends sign up first. And then I am gonna post flyers all over this area. Um and Saginaw, Michigan, Michigan is the, is the place. Uh, it is going to be next to the hotel. It's got a Uno's attached to it. You're downtown in a very nice area of Saginaw. And there's all kinds of uh, food and stuff nearby. Um, September, the weather should be nice. Michigan is pretty groovy at the end of September. Probably temperatures, what would you say, guys, in the mid-70s to high 60s? probably by late September. So it'll be a really nice place to come to and game. I hope to have more later, but I'm going to try to finalize it. And as I said, to clarify, um, I put my money down, put my money where my uh, mouth is. And then if you guys could, those who could show up would be great. If we can get 40, we can break even. Um, Bruce says, do you have a home game store where people can contact them should supplies be needed? Oh, hmm, we do. Let me put that in the flyer. We have a we have a couple of game stores nearby, a couple that I would suggest. Um, we have one really close in Bay City that I'm not sure that I would suggest, but maybe that's uh, a personal thing. It's probably the most well-stocked. Um, Bay City is next to Saginaw. That's a good idea. Um, so let me get the place set in stone. And I will definitely take these ideas to heart. A landing page, a local game store. I'd already thought about flyers. I already have one kind of kind of made up already. So yeah, it's it's looking it's looking pretty good. I'm gonna run at least one game. Uh, I may run two or more multiple times. I want to run one for, for some kids. I want to offer a, a kid slot, anybody that's 14 or younger, to play um, at my table. Um, probably something, either a 13th age or a OSC game. There's Joe. Um, Sorry. Oh, that, well, that's interesting. Um, Bruce says, contact the local neighborhood stores that you know and see if they want to do a merch room. Yeah, um, and don't tell anybody, but I may even uh, uh, contact the Palladium guys and see if they want to. They might want to come up for that. We'll see. You know, we've moved on to uh, Big Geek Land stuff. I've been telling them about my plans for Big Geek Land. Oh, cool. And, and uh, Hyperborean Heretic had a great idea. He said... Is there going to, he asked this question, is there going to be a landing page for Big Geek Con? What does that mean, Joe? I think I know what it means, but I thought I'd wait till you got here to kind of 
help me understand what he means by that. A web, just a, a website, essentially. Okay. I mean, so we could, uh, it would be something like um, biggeekcon.com, and it would just be a, a single page is pretty much all you would need anyway. Yeah. A web page. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, kids at the con, Bruce. He's making it a little funny here. Yes, it's going to be a family event. Um, no super sexy cosplay. Um, we're going to have just people show up, play some games, have a good time. Uh, very. Yeah, there's going to be kids there, family friendly. Which is one of the reasons I want to keep it at thirty. I mean, I want to find a way to make it thirty dollars. I just don't think it's such a big event. Like, I mean, I, Venger Con. I respect Venger. Hundred bucks was too much for what that was. I mean, I understand that's what he might have had to charge. It was too much, in my opinion. It's just too much money for showing up to game for two or three days. I mean, and that's all there was, was just gaming. There was nothing else to do. So, um, and I, we had to travel. But, but not knocking it. Me and my buddies had a great time. It was fun. Um, like I said, we'll have to get enough people to make it worth that because 30 folks would make it if we had 40 folks at 30 ahead we're looking at 1200 bucks that would cover my cost if i added another room we would need possibly possibly another 20 people so maybe 40 to 60 people so we will set a number that will be minimum for us to run this thing and if you don't if it doesn't run if everybody buys the virtual tickets and it doesn't happen we'll refund your money and no harm no foul so And we you, already, you are you are very pixelated right now. I am. You, hmm. look, you, you your videos kind of you're, you're stuttering a little bit. Might be just on my end. I don't know if the folks are watching. Nice. Folks Randy looks all smudgy. I will, Mr. Elliot. I will contact you after the show for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, am I looking smudgy to you, folks, or does my video look okay? Because from do my you, end, do you connect to your um, – James um, White says, Digi Randy. So maybe I'm looking weird. I don't know. Yeah, do you connect uh, to your internet via Wi-Fi when you're doing this? I do. Is that bad? Yeah, that is. You need to be wired. I need to be hardwired. Okay. Hardwired. Okay. So I'm having some issues. Sorry, guys. Did you have any reports on Big Geek Emporium? Um. Well, we, we launched a new uh, look this past uh, last week. Mm -hmm. um, we're still we still have some technical issues that we're working through, and we're going to be having a an update of sorts uh, sometime tomorrow. Um, there are some people who are experiencing an issue with um, vendors are having an issue. Some vendors are having an issue with. Um, being connected to their products before the new update went through. So once uh, we update tomorrow, then we'll work on fixing that because I can't, I cannot reproduce that error. When I log in, everything is visible. I have a dummy vendor account that I used for testing and I can see all of the, all of the things. So. Darth says he checked it out this last weekend. It looks good. I appreciate that. I've I've gotten mostly good, um, mostly good uh, um, reviews. Got yeah, one person, like I said last week, one person that's kind of irate about stuff, <laughs> but that's it. I've had I do have some issues to work out still. 
Bruce says, uh, Randy using the data from his U.S. cellular phone. <laughs> Not quite. I'm on a Mac, bro, but I guess the Wi-Fi. I've always used Wi-Fi, so I guess maybe it's not the best uh, to get hardwired. He said a Cat5 cable should fix it. Yeah, as long as you have that access to it in your room there. Yeah. Or you can. I do. I do. I, I'm in the room where where the cables comes to the floor. I can. Yeah. So it. yeah, you should. Yeah. So I need to buy something to connect it to the computer when I when I stream. So I will attempt to improve that. So get hardwired. Right on. I will do it. Okay. Uh, I think I already mentioned, well, someone asked about the adventure. Like I said, I just got to put the pictures, put the art with the text, and my adventure's ready. Send it to Lulu, get it printed. Send it to Joe, put it on Big Geek Emporium for a million dollars. No, maybe not. Maybe a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart connection. Dang, dude. Come on. You guys are killing me. Dar says Randy needs to upgrade from his Walmart connection. <laughs> Weak sauce. Oh well. All right. Hundred foot. <laughs> Bruce. Um, <laughs> Bruce says a one hundred foot cable fixes that. Joe, always stay connected. That way you can make fun of twelve year olds when you smoke them on Fortnite. You know it. If I, if I only knew what that game was, I would smoke them so bad. <laughs> No, and I've heard of Fortnite. I just don't play it. Oh, all right, man. Well, you ready to get on out of here? It's been an early night. Yeah, it is kind of an early night. You yeah. burned through it. Well, you missed the cabin con discussion, which I had with just some of the Larry and Patrick made some comments, and so did Halsey and H. So, um, hey, you cleared up. We're getting ready to quit, and now you cleared up. <laughs> That's how Max worked, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. You wouldn't get have gotten a whole lot of comment out of me, except uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to play. Uh, I've got the week prior week and then Monday through Wednesday um, off. I've got three weeks off in a row, and Cabin Con's right in the middle of that. Cool. So uh, I should be able to if, – if I bring something, I should be able to work on it on the week prior. So Okay. We'll see. We'll see if it works out. All right. All right, man. So you want to get us out of here? I do. Hold on just a moment. Joe is gathering his tools. Once again, do the thing. If you haven't subscribed already, if you're watching right now, subscribe to this YouTube channel, please. And thank you and share and uh, um, comment, write reviews, follow us out there in, uh, in, uh, podcast land because we will be putting the podcast audio out there um, very, fairly soon afterwards i try to do it within the hour uh sometimes it uh, it is delayed for a day so most of the time it gets up pretty fast right so uh, if you'd like to support the show do all those things do the things um we are uh we have a few ways for you can support our show uh, with your cash. If you want, uh, you can head over to PayPal, Streamlabs, Anchor, Ko-Fi, and Patreon. It's all Biggest Geekus. So search for Biggest Geekus and all, on all those platforms. You will find some way to support us with your dough. Yeah. 
Um, you can go head over to Biggest Geekest Podcast, but why would you? I haven't updated it in a, in a year or two. Um, <laughs> if you have questions or comments or suggestions, you can send some email to geeks at biggestgeekestpodcast.com. Um, and if you want some cool indie uh, game paraphernalia, digital paraphernalia, head over to biggeekemporium.com. Big um, it is uh, a work in progress. Please uh, don't mind our dust. Please excuse our dust, as they say in the construction industry. Right. And, uh, yeah, do all those things. Right on. Anything else from you, Mr. Randy? I think I'm good tonight, bro. All righty. Oh, this is Joe. And I'm Randy. And remember, if you can't be big like us, then be geeks like us. Mm-hmm.